Hello and thanks for joining us. This is our Great and Glorious King Ministries podcast, The Truth About Everything, and I am your host, Khalik. Now, there are over 4,300 documented religions in the world, and according to the World Christian Encyclopedia, we have over 30,000 denominations in Christianity alone. That's Protestants, non-Trinitarians, Oneness Pentecostals, International Circle of Faith, Methodists, Lutherans, Baptists, and on and on and on and on. Some believe Jesus is the Son of God, that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and offers salvation to everyone. And others believe that Jesus was just a good guy, that God has very little power and is unable to eliminate the suffering in the world. So the question is, with so many options in Christianity— With such a great menu of variations in doctrine, belief systems, and traditions, and all of this spawning from the same book and pertaining to the same God, what is the correct way to worship God? In John 4, Jesus is having a conversation with a Samaritan woman that goes into discussing the doctrine of worship. Uh, The Samaritan woman insists that proper worship is based on Samaritan tradition and religious practices. But Jesus responds by informing her that true worship, the worship that God is seeking, is not based on a geographical location or human tradition, but rather the nature of your worship. In John 4, verses 23 and 24, we read Jesus' response to the Samaritan woman. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, to worship means to venerate, to exalt, to glorify, to give great worthiness to that which is highly valuable to you. I love my wife and I value her greatly. Everything that I do in relation to my marriage is a testimony to my recognition of her worthiness to me. I let her know that I love, honor, and respect her on a regular basis through my my words and my actions, through everything that I do and I say. And I do these things because what she's worth to me produces this type of a response. So I ask you, what do you value and what lengths would you go through to express its worthiness to you? You know, some of us value our jobs and we sacrifice time with our family and friends for it. We value our cars, our lifestyles, our relationships, our education, our financial status and our appearances. We value these things because their worthiness is high to us. They're highly worthy to us. We serve them. We protect them. And we honor them and even identify with these things in measuring our own worth by them. 
But how do you value God? If you ignore him until you need him, if you rarely visit him in prayer and do not work to understand him or his word, his value is extremely low to you. To be honest, you wouldn't even be able to keep the material things that you value very long if you value them to the same degree that you value God. So how long do you think God will keep you? You know, we should be looking to express our worship, the value that God has in our life in every way possible. Identifying ourselves as blessed to have been called by God into a relationship with him. First Corinthians 10 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Jesus said the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. So what does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? The spirit of something describes the essence of it. For instance, the spirit of holiness was not at one time an empty spirit void of substance and power in which holiness was added to it. No. The spirit of holiness is holiness. His personality, his function, his purpose, his agenda are based in absolute holiness. There is no other source, no authority, no possibility of holiness outside of the spirit of holiness. In this material world, uh, physical things are subject to the things of the spiritual world. In Hebrews 11.3, we read, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We don't initiate the actions of the spiritual world. The spiritual world first affects us. Our actions, decisions and the course of our lives are influenced and dictated by whichever spirit, good or evil, is their energizing force that is dominating us. Understand we are furthering the kingdom of God on earth by worshiping in the spirit, bringing the plan and the purpose of God into the physical world. So how do we worship in spirit? Well, to worship in spirit means that the nature, intention, and purpose of our worship is based on the preservation of truth, light, holiness, love, and the fullness of all that God is. When you worship in the spirit, your relationship with God, your service to him, and your worship becomes that which satisfies the spirit and not the flesh. You're not praying in order to have a need fulfilled. You're praying to satisfy the needs of God. You're no longer meeting with God on Sundays only because you've become connected to him through the spirit in such a way that you're fully aware of his presence with you at all times. You're not serving God in order to get something in return. When worshiping in the spirit, you're serving God because he is worth everything that you can offer and more. 
when focus is on spirit in our worship, the spirit of God becomes the energizing force of our worship. Our worship is now God honoring because the objectives are no longer carnal, but divine. We have opened ourselves up to the type of worship that God is seeking. Our worship serves the agenda of the power of the spirit and not the weakness of the flesh. We become students of the Holy Spirit and are taught the deep things of God as we build a spiritual bond with God by the invitation of the spirit. We're talking the same language as God. Mysteries are made plain to us. We are opened up to a newness in our service and in our relationship with him. And if we are worshiping through the spirit, we are advocates of the spirit in the work that he is doing. We become benefactors of the spiritual riches of the kingdom, wise to the ways of the spirit and sensitive to the voice of God. Any other form of worship not based on spirit and truth is outside of the will of God and is null and void. You can't force your mediocre worship on God. He's not obligated to accept it. He doesn't just take whatever you give him, nor does he desire it. It's useless to him. It stands against everything that he stands for and has no power to move mountains or calm storms or to be where God has called you to be. Matthew 7 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. And it goes on to say, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Just think to live your entire life worshiping and, and serving God only to realize when it's time to enter the kingdom of heaven that you're not allowed in because you worshiped that you serve God on a level that was not according to his will and not in spirit and truth. God is seeking true worshipers. You must be true. And truth is only revealed through the spirit of truth. Worshiping in truth demands that you are familiar with the truth, which is the word of God. And not only familiar with the truth, but that you live according to it. You have to shape your life, your thoughts, your plans, your actions around the word of God. The word of God must become the life force that moves you. It must become more significant than what the world offers. It must become greater than you are to yourself. You have to memorize it so you can use it to fight off dark forces and chase away depression and hard times. And so it can teach you the worthiness of our God. And Matthew 4, 4, it says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. To worship in truth, you must come to God with a heart of dedication, loyalty, faithfulness, and integrity. You must be trustworthy. That means when God calls you out of sin and bad habits, 
you stay out of sin and bad habits. When you say, God, I'm going to put my trust in you, that means you do it. When you say, God, you can depend on me, you prove yourself to be dependable. When you say, God, I love you, you show it. When God says, follow me, you follow. When he says, move, you move. When he says, leave, you leave. Because this is how you express the worthiness of your Lord and how greatly you value him as a true worshiper. I invite you to visit the website oggkministries.org. Send us an email. If you have any prayer requests, if you want to share your thoughts or your concerns about this episode, we would love to hear it. Again, we thank you for tuning in um, and God bless. Thank you.